1: Well, welcome everybody. My name is Ben Smith. I'm joined by my co-host, the Joey to my Chandler, <laughs> uh, Curtis Wister. How are you doing today, Curtis? I'm oh, well. How are you? Yeah. Well, on today's show, we, we have a really special guest talking about travel. And I know from, from our client's perspective, travel is something that they've, they've punted on in, a, in their lives a lot, right? Is, is something they've, they've always wanted to do or they always have this idea of, of a place or an experience that they're looking for. So that was one thing when we we're crafting the show that travel had to be the thing. So really happy to have a really special guest today. Curtis, why don't you uh, introduce her for yeah. us? Yeah.
2: Joining us today is Carrie Forbringer, a travel advisor from Travel Experts. Super excited to hear what she has to say, you know, not only from our client's perspective, but on a personal side, I'd love to know the ins and outs of travel. Yeah.
1: And so today's podcast, we're going to talk to Carrie a little bit about just kind of why is she passionate about travel and how did she kind of get into it? what is a a travel advisor and what does what that uh, role play for for people and her business as well then we're we really want to get into again this this concept of retirement success and using travel as a as a means of retirement success so we're going to have these three parts to the podcast today um so want to welcome in Carrie how are you doing today, Carrie I
3: am doing well thank you well, thank th- you for having me yeah, well thanks for joining thanks for we're having. really excited to
1: have you and I know we so you and I have done a little bit of a pre-chat here and gotten to know each other a little bit so I'm really excited to I think we think a lot alike uh, yeah, for how we true. we approach our our clients so this is uh, going to be a really exciting one for us
3: Well thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I think it's a really cool concept because you're right. I think a lot of people kind of punt on travel and then they get to their retirement and they don't know what to do or where to start so it's Great. A cool concept.
1: So Carrie, want to hear about you first, right? Sure. So I know in Maine, yep. you either have, you are from Maine or you are from away. So <laughs> even though you live in Maine, we're going to out you right now and yep. say you are from away. I'm from away. But can you explain, so I think you're from St. Louis, is that correct?
3: I am. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Came a, Had never been to Maine before I applied to colleges. Ended up applying to Bowdoin. Ended up meeting my husband at Bowdoin. We got engaged in Acadia. We got married on Sebago Lake we've got a lot of Maine connections so when a job opened up for him in Maine it was a pretty it was a no-brainer so we knew we loved it we have a lot of memories here it's great to be here so how
1: did, so was it, so obviously you, you kind of came through to Bowdoin, yep. but what was it about Maine that really kind of gravitated you to this, this area, right? And just yeah. kind of like, well, this is the area that I, A, want to be in just right. at maybe 18 years old, trying yeah. to figure that out, yeah much less at whatever age, trying to figure out where do you belong and where do you want to be? Why, why has this been the the thing for you?
3: That's a really good question. Yeah. I, you know, and it's going to sound kind of weird, I think. I would say that Maine feels a lot like home, and that's so weird because the landscape is completely different. You know, Missouri doesn't really have any mountains. We definitely don't have any ocean. (laughs) We don't have... Tall pines or anything, but I got up here and I think it just felt really comfortable. People are nice. Um, we, the first time I ever came, my mom lost her driver's license in the airport and we couldn't rent the car to get from the Portland airport up to Bowdoin and somebody offered to drive us for free, which was just the coolest thing. Like that, where does that happen? It happens in Maine
1: without it being like a serial killer. Right. Or yeah, something.
3: exactly. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: <laughs> so kind of go into this idea in terms of, all right, so you go to school in Bowdoin, you're, yeah. you know, obviously college and those years are very formative for yeah. lots of people. So how did you kind of get into this idea of, of travel? Like, what, how did that kind of formulate there?
3: Yeah. So I went to Bowdoin. One of the reasons that I had kind of circled Bowdoin in one of those big books of all the colleges that you could possibly go to was because they've got a really good government program. And at the time I really thought I wanted to be a diplomat. Um, and that started, we had an exchange student and I kind of really got to know her very well and thought this is cool, you know, like, Let's, we can do cross-cultural communication. We can figure out we're different, but the same, you know, Mm -hmm. very kind of lofty ideas. So I thought I wanted to be a diplomat initially. Went to Bowdoin, studied in that direction. And the more I kind of learned about the world and politics and all of that, I thought this is really, you know, I still, the the base idea is there, but this is not for me. I don't really like the political aspect of it. It's too, it's a a game that I don't really want to play. So, so... I don't know. I, I went, um, with that idea, I took it and went into international education. Um, I taught English in Salzburg, Austria for oh, wow. a couple of years. Yep. And they, that, so how was that experience? It yeah. was unreal. Okay. I mean, it was one of the best things ever. It was never, I don't think I went into it thinking this is going to be my long-term forever mm. job. I had met my husband, now husband at that point already. So the plan was always to come back and we were going to, you know, get married, whatever. But that was my little bit of fun after after college, went over and taught English. It was two years. So you're living apart at that point? Living apart wow. for two years. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That, that's that's quite the test. It's a relationship yeah. test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they in Austria, they assign you to a school so you don't get to pick. Okay. And that that's true for teachers across the board, whether you're an international, you know, English as a second language kind of teacher or a, a normal teacher there. They put you into a big pot basically with your skill set. And schools that need you kind of say, oh, well, I need these subjects and I need somebody to fill these roles. So the school that I was assigned to or the schools that I was assigned to were Catholic boys high schools. <laughs> Okay. All I am right. not a Catholic boy, <laughs> but it was actually, it was it was one of the coolest experiences. I mean, I still talk with a lot of my co-teachers, still talk with some of my students. Some of them have since come over here and been um, au pairs or, mm-hmm. you know, employed in America. Some of them are like international DJs now. It's very cool wow. to see what they're all doing. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Very cool.
3: Yeah. So yeah.
1: kind of from there, so you kind of, now you're abroad yeah. and you're now teaching and yeah. you kind of on the diplomat side, you know, you're not going to do that, but
3: no, but it's, it's, I think it was all, it all kind of comes back to helping people experience the world and experience things that are different from themselves, but, you know, get more comfortable with that because that's kind of where the cool stuff happens where you show up and you're like, you eat what for breakfast? Oh, but that's actually great. You know? Right. Um Yeah. I, and I think the travel planning side of things, I came back still didn't really know what I wanted to do got a d- degree i got a masters in tourism um trying to help plan travel from the destination side of things okay. so something you know with the goal of working with someone like visit maine or whatever where you kind of plan and make sure that that travel benefits everybody yeah. um not just you know in one specific area or one kind of person and fell accidentally into the travel planning from the the client side of things because I had, I realized that I'd always been planning travel. Like my family came to visit me in Austria. Before that, I was an exchange student in Germany. My family came to visit me there and I planned their trip. Right. And they showed up and we drove around according to my itinerary. And then, (laughs) you know, and and my brother pointed this out. Actually, I saw him this past weekend. My I have two younger brothers and one of them I've planned. Well, I've planned both of their trips for a while, but when I planned his honeymoon and that kind of stuff. So he kind of pointed out that Every trip he's taken, I have planned in okay. some way or another. So you, and it, you've been in control of your brother's life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Poor boy. <laughs> so I reached out to somebody who I knew was doing travel planning. And in, at the time I lived in Massachusetts. So this is, you know, several years after coming back from Austria, reached out to her. And it turns out that she's from Missouri as well. So we were both misplaced Midwesterners. So and we, wow. we sat down. We had a lot in common. She kind of took me under her wing and, and here we are. I, have been planning travel ever since.
1: So what is it about it for the experience for you? Yeah. Is what is it that brings you joy? What is it that you go, man, that, that gives me the best feeling when, you know, I've, I've planned it for maybe film members and I've seen that. That yeah. was maybe the first test for you that you, you, you getting the feedback of, I never would have done this and that. And that was the best thing. And yeah. How? how did that kind of translate for you? And what what is it about it that really makes you uh, feel fulfilled there?
3: I think it's all of it. I love talking to people when they've come back. I also love the pre-planning stuff where people come to me and they say, I have no idea. Or or they say, I have an idea of where I want to go, but I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I had clients recently who were um, planning their anniversary. It was their 40th anniversary. And it was their 42nd anniversary by the time they went because it took them two years to figure out right. what they wanted to do. And they, you know, they reached out to me. It was about to be their 42nd anniversary. I said, we can make this happen. <laughs> you know, we can, we can get this on the calendar finally. <laughs> so I love that. And I think it's really cool to put together an itinerary or a, a trip that somebody, you know, has been dreaming about and they just don't know how to translate it into reality. And then when they come back, I love to follow up and hear, wow, that was so cool. Or can you believe I ordered this ridiculous thing? And it's, it's turns out, you know, I thought I was ordering a salad and it turns out it's just a pile of shredded bologna or, you know, (laughs) and I I think that's cool. And they think it's cool and it's creating memories and it's getting, it's kind of giving people time to be together. It's giving people time to explore and your time is precious, right? Like you have time, all your time off Is limited. So, what can you do with it? And I like to help people figure that out. It's fun. So,
1: maybe a a segue here for you. So, Obviously, there's a lot of myths around like travel advising and I I think people think of maybe about a travel agent. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is kind of this idea. And it, and we have a similar thing in our industry about financial advisors, right? They they kind of feel like it's, it's like you are pitching me a stock and you're trying to convince me to buy this company that I don't know anything about that you are the expert in. So it's this whole like transactional thing. Right. So in our previous conversation, we talked about like there's a whole evolution and I think there's maybe a, a thought out there about, well, hey, internet now, you can just right. do, all, do this yourself. And it's not that big of a deal. Why? So let's kind of, can you walk me through that progression?
3: <laughs> why would you use somebody like yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: why would you use somebody like you? But also how is like, what is that role? Right. And how has it changed?
3: Sure. I think you used a great word, which is transactional. I think people really have this vision of travel agents as being really transactional, which is, I think once upon a time was true. Now, when travel agents I think held the keys to travel generally, that might they might have been able to more, you know, shape your trip. But there came a point where people they were handwriting tickets and they were booking your plane tickets and your hotel rooms and maybe not doing a whole lot else. You went out, you bought a book and you figured it out on your own. We travel so there's been an evolution of the word and it's still kind of contentious in the industry. What do you call yourselves? Travel agents is is what I think most people know. But I call myself a travel advisor. Some people will call themselves travel planners, travel consultants, travel designers. There's all kinds of different things right. um, to try and capture what we do because it's really an all encompassing. So we can do we can book the the plane tickets and the hotel rooms and the train tickets and whatever else. But we also kind of put everything together from top to bottom. You know mm-hmm. and and st- tell you how it all fits and we can show you, you know, well these are the alternatives to what you had in mind or we can suggest things. I mean, I usually for all of my clients I give them suggestion sheets if I can, and that's pretty much everywhere. It'll be either my own personal experience or experience of other travel advisors that I know and the you know, here's a great restaurant that I think is really worth your time to go. Check out or this is a secret spot where you can watch the sea turtles in Hawaii or this is, you know, we, we spend the time to try and get to know the, the destinations and also kind of spend the time to get to know you as a client to put together a trip that's for you because your ideal trip is not my ideal trip. It's right. not Curtis's ideal trip, you right. know, so.
1: And, and from the experience side too, right, is what I, I didn't know, which I had kind of found out from our conversation was, you know, my thinking was, well, Carrie really knows Austria. Like right. she was there. Right. So if I want to go to Austria, then maybe that's who I'm talking to is Carrie. If right. I'm going to somebody that's like in the Bahamas. Right. Maybe a bad example recently here, but <laughs> right. So if there's somewhere that I'm looking to go, yeah. that do I have to go to somebody that has that expertise? Right. But you have a whole network of people that you you, do you've worked with and talked to and all that? Yep. Can you explain how that works for it?
3: So I am part of a host agency um, and a consortium. Those are two different things. The consortium, there are a bunch of members from all around the world, uh, suppliers and travel advisors who belong to the consortium. And then there's a host agency that helps negotiate contracts with with different people around the world, different suppliers around the world. So we have people on the ground everywhere. I mean, at every country in the world, we have somebody on the ground who is able, who's a local who knows the right. terrain, yeah. knows, you know, what hotels are where, knows what tour guides are good. And some of them, it's really fun. You know, I can talk to them. They'll be like, oh, yeah, well, my cousin's a tour guide here, my whatever. It's, you know, it's it's really, it's important, I think, to be able to get that local perspective everywhere. So we have a bunch of people absolutely everywhere. Some companies do operate the way that you were mentioning, where mm-hmm. they have uh, somebody who's A European expert, somebody who's a Caribbean expert, somebody who's a whatever. But some of the rest of us are just kind of we. I'm an independent contractor. I work for myself. I'm totally, you know i I do it all. And and while I might not be an expert somewhere, I'm going to reach out to the people who are so that you get that expertise. Sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. So in regards to then, I mean, it's a good kind of transition moment then to your business, right? Is you know you're doing independent contracting, but you know, you have your own business right. doing this, but you also are plugged in to other, other groups as well. Can you talk about how that, how you kind of came, how, how you kind of came into that organization yeah. structure and why you think it's, it's kind of aligned with, with your customers today.
3: Let's go back. What do you mean by aligned with my customers today? Yeah.
1: So in regards to like, you could have maybe I could just be joining like the largest travel agency group. And I could just plug into them there and I can just be one of them versus right. like, well, I want more control over, maybe I'm a smaller business, I'm an right. independent contractor, I'm structuring our business this way because of there's maybe a need that I'm able to perf- fulfill or I have more control over certain things or... Right that obviously is pros and cons to all those different structures so yeah. i think that's what i'm i'm kind of asking is and thinking about of why would somebody then choose to work with you and they go well and because we get the same question right is we right. go hey guidance point advisors you guys are pretty small right so why do we't we work with you know large national firm right. that you've probably heard of with yep. all these resources so from that end like how would you kind of feel like what's the niche niche that you're fulfilling there And how do how do your customers best fit into that?
3: Yeah, I think that when it comes to working with a small independent contractor like myself, the real benefit is that I have the ability to take the time to really get to know you. So I am planning your trip, not, you know, Joe Schmo's trip. I'm planning your trip and we can have an hour and a half long conversation or we can have a 15 minute conversation and, you know, You give me all the information and I can put it together and we could really work back and forth on what makes the most sense for you. We also, as independent contractors, can tap into a lot of the big names that you hear of. So probably most of the big names that you'd hear of, Viking cruises or something like that, rather than booking direct, you would end up coming to me. You'd say, I don't know what I am doing or, you know, I want to go on river cruises. There are 10,000 river cruise lines. What's the right one for me? And we have the ability to work together, but then I can also book through these bigger companies. We have privately negotiated some benefits for you to work through me with some of these big companies. So if you're working with a Viking cruise, like I can sometimes get you a shipboard credit that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise, or I can get you, it happens a lot with hotels, big name hotels, especially the high-end ones. They are going to upgrade you because my name's attached to the booking or they're going to give you a free $100 spa credit or a $100 food and beverage credit or something. Yeah. And they you also get a welcome amenity. It's kind of cool. I have people, clients who have never friends, family members, everything who have never experienced travel like this before and they're totally ruined for life. My <laughs> husband is now just um, <laughs> I don't know that he's ever going to be able to travel not like this, you know. He's going to walk in and look and look at the table and see if there's a note with his name on it. Yeah. So and that's what you get when you book through a small Travel advisor. And maybe some of the big ones too. I can't, you know, there are many different ways for this business to work, but for me, that's how it works. So,
1: so can you go through a little bit of, of the, the formation? Uh, I know you're kind of working on things right now too, in terms of but so what's your vision for how your business, uh, is going to look over time? Like, what do you, what do you want to accomplish with that? And where do you want to go with like is it personalized still just in kind of just a one on one experience with you and that's kind of the size that you want and yeah. and just that's gonna carve out my, my income and that's how right. I'm gonna do it, or is there are there other goals that you're looking for with a with a business?
3: Ultimately I think that I would love to grow. I think that we're at a really cool point where a lot of people are traveling, people in many different generations. So I know that we're talking specifically about retirement, but we're also seeing a huge, you know, influx in younger people wanting to travel. A lot earlier, they I think have seen their parents not travel, delay travel, and then get to retirement and say, "What do I do now?" And so they're traveling already. So I think there's huge growth potential just from an industry side of things, from a personal side of things. Eventually, you know, and even very soon here, probably I I get to a point where I cannot personally have my hands on everybody's trip, Mm -hmm. but I can bring in somebody else who can, Mm -hmm. or you know, add people who. Who have specific expertise, and it might not be on the trip side of things. It might be other things, you know, like invoicing or some sure.
1: of the more yes. nitty gritty yeah. business yeah. side of things. Yeah. So, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so maybe this is a good time to just kind of rotate into again retirement success in Maine yeah. is is where we're trying to go with this, and and people that are retiring. So, what are you seeing in terms of what's maybe the quote unquote hot uh, items? Maybe not climate wise hot, yeah. but what do you? <laughs> What are things that people are really interested in right now? Uh, in terms of they're they're looking for experiences, they're looking for things that they never would have thought of or done, right. and they're just coming back to you and saying, "Man, that was that was one of the best things I ever could have done in my life."
3: Yeah, so I'm going to qualify this by saying travel is so subjective, and there yes. are a lot of yes. things that are never going to appeal to everybody. Um, but we've seen a huge influx. Or uptick i guess is the better word in people wanting to go to places like portugal um that makes a lot of sense from here from the east mm. coast the flights are quick it's mm-hmm. like six hours from boston it's faster to go to portugal than it is to go to california right it's you crazy. know it's crazy yeah. yeah, and it's not all that expensive uh it's not all that expensive once you're in country it's still it's in the euro zone so it's still on the euro the euro is still stronger than the dollar but the dollar is pretty strong right now for a while when you we're talking about climate wise actually one of the the things that I have learned in the industry in the past couple of years is cold is hot. Like people want to go to cold destinations. Scandinavia was really in Alaskan cruises were really in. I think we're seeing people kind of move away from that again. And we're seeing more people. Italy has been really hot. It's, I mean, I feel like everybody's going to Italy, which Mm -hmm. is cool. It's gorgeous. It's a great place to go. Retirees. I think it depends on their comfort zone. So if people have traveled throughout their, you know, work lives They are now taking the time to go to those places that are farther that they wouldn't have gone to. And if they didn't travel, they're taking this, you know, it's it's a step down. So we're seeing the the first wave, the people who never traveled, they're taking those bucket list trips. They're going to see the Coliseum. They're going, you know, whatever that bucket list is, Mm -hmm. that's what they're doing. The next step up of those, if there were people who did take those trips while they were working, they're now going you know, to Japan, to Southeast Asia, to New Zealand, because it's farther away, you have to take more time to do it. And a cool thing that I'm seeing with retirees is that they can travel in the off seasons or in the shoulder seasons. So they're not paying peak prices, which is great. And they can spend more time and they can really get to know a place, which is very cool too.
1: So in terms of and I know I'm going to ask an average question, which is yep. a non-average thing that everyone is all subjective to. But yep, yep. if you were if you were looking at well, as a theme, as you, you you've kind of mentioned about personal time off that people yep. have in their working lives, and they could never take ten days, right? right? They could never take 14 days. Like, what are you seeing there happen, especially for that demographic that now has all this time on their hands? Right. They can do anything they want. It's, Obviously, there's other resource limitations that they may have as right. they're thinking about things. What is the, that change? Ha- like, I, I then retire, and I now have all these things to do. Like, how are you seeing people's like travel itineraries change from pre like when I'm working right. to when I'm now not working? Like, well, what, what would be the list of things that you would see of like, because again, I, if I'm a retiree, I've right. never retired before. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like what, what sort of things should I be thinking about?
3: Yeah, I think so. We are seeing people travel longer. We said that, but I think that opens a wealth of options. I don't know. What do you think about? You think about how far away a destination is, how expensive it is in destination, how expensive it is to get there. And these, I think people know, but they maybe don't have them listed off in their head. And those places are not the places that are inexpensive to be in are not necessarily the places that are inexpensive to get to. Right. For retirees specifically. I don't know. This is a very challenging question. Sure, That's okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: I I guess I would also then maybe lend back to is this idea about maybe barriers that people Mm -hmm. are experiencing that Mm -hmm. to your point about the 40th anniversary. Right. And there are obviously multiple things that they go sit down and go, all right, we're going to take this trip on the 40th anniversary. And this is our milestone in our, our marriage. Yep. And we want to do something that really puts that cherry on that Sunday, right? and multiple things is blocking, right? right? It's like, right. So what do you, like, I, I guess what from you, right, you're, you're inserting yourself at year 42 in that example. Yep. <laughs> you go, all right, well, there's five things that I can just take care of for you right now and we can just remove. And now you're free to go and have a good time. Like, yeah. what? explain that. Like, how does yeah. that work?
3: This goes back to, I think, one of the very first questions that you asked, which is like, why? Why hasn't the internet made you obsolete? And the the answer is, I think actually it's made it so that we're more useful. There's so many options on the internet. And people start to try and do it themselves. And they get so overwhelmed with all the details. So that's what happened with this 40th anniversary trip. Super easily, they come to me and they'll say, I know They they wanted to go to Italy. And they had been to Italy on a cruise many years ago kind of around Italy and only spent, you know, hours in any destination, right? Not really right. anything else. So they knew they wanted to go back and revisit some of the places that they'd loved or that they hadn't seen the first time around. But there were so many places. So I can really easily come in and say through a conversation, This is all of my trips that I plan start with a conversation that really gets to know the clients and what they what they want. So that particular trip, I could come in and say, okay you cannot go in your time frame. You are trying to fit in too many things. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to end up doing the same thing you did on your cruise where you only spend a couple of hours in each destination. Let's take a step back, see what your priorities are. You know, is it to see the Colosseum? Awesome. Then we'll make sure that you have a full day in Rome so that you can really see that. Or, you know, and I think that a lot of times people are kind of looking for validation. That's When they have all of the options, they want to know, well, is this worth it? Is this something that I really want to do when I'm there? And I can say, well, you know, my clients have enjoyed this one in the past, or I have a really cool option here. Is Florence on your list? Do you really want to see, you know, the statue of David? Then we'll get you a private tour. We'll get you in there and you can see it, or you can see the, the, you know, the dome, Brunelleschi's dome in Florence for early hours, or you can see it. With a, an architect, somebody who really understands what they're talking about. Is that your thing? So I think it's some of the truly unique experiences that people are looking for that they can't find on their own. They don't know where to find them or they don't necessarily know what they want. And we can, I can help yeah. do that. And I think also there's the the details, the logistics of everything get really overwhelming for a lot of people. You know, can I get from point A to point B? How do I do it? And I can pre-book your tickets. And you have tickets in your hand with directions that say you go to this platform at this time, your train will be there, you have seats reserved, you don't have to deal with all of that. I've watched, I've traveled with my parents. My mom came to visit me with my aunt once and I watched her kind of freak out at the at the mm-hmm. train ticketing <laughs> booth. And I can do that for her, you know, very easily and just have her have that already and it, it makes a world of difference yeah. so
1: yeah this whole concept uh, which maybe the last 20 years internet uh, is this democratization right right that information is democratized a lot right. and that we can all do this right it's, right I guess it doesn't make this whole industry or many ind- industries obsolete right but there's so much of it right that there's really there's a now a bigger need of of people being disorganized right. So they need to get organization. Yep. Right. Yep. So that's that's one thing yep. again from our end on the financial side is I've saved here and I've done that and well why did you do it I don't know right there's no why to there's no purpose right. so there's no organization and planning behind it right so you go through organization they're very low confidence right, right. so then yep. well I've never been here before this like right. and I don't want to mess yes. it up
3: yes so oh, yeah I don't want to go to stakes yeah too. like
1: well, I'm paying all this money. Yep. You know, and I've told everybody and my friends, like, this is my dream.
3: Yep, It's and my 40th anniversary. And it's, I want to
1: actualize it. Yep. Right. And I want to actually do this. And what if I plan it and I go with my spouse and they go, you yep. you poor schlub, you, you know, you <laughs> messed it up. You know, you, we should have done this, this and this, and we yep. didn't even get a chance to do that. Are you yep. kidding me? What? Yep. So there's this whole, uh, you know, there's a little status to it. There's like, there's yep. confidence as a part of it. So yep. in terms of benefit language. Yep. It, we kind of see the same thing the the kind of the service end is that's what people want they right. they're not it's not the transaction of hey i need you to go book like look people can go to expedia they can right. go to travel yep. off. they can do that booking right but that's not the thing no. right it's no. it's it's all of those other right. things that we just talked about
3: right right my when i when i was talking with my brother recently about his honeymoon I asked him why, you know, aside from the fact that I'm his sister, why would you do this? He said, "You took the chance out of it, which is, I think, a very cool way of putting it. Like they didn't, they didn't want to screw it up.
1: Right. It's their honeymoon. right. right.
3: high stakes. You yes. know, you only get one shot at your honeymoon. Hopefully,
1: and you don't want the that's, embarrassing story of yeah, eh, kind of stunk, <laughs> and you know, like yeah. that's not that's the kickoff to your relationship, right? right? Yes. That marriage, that, yes. that's a big thing, and you want to experience something magical and." Right you know my my wife is a big disney fan right yep. which is why i think from our perspective it's like we go back there a lot just because it's the magic of it right, right. and they just do a great experience for you right. in the concierge level work and yes. the kid friendly stuff and it's all this together as a family yep. there's something for everybody and Again, and some people go, well, you know, I wouldn't go to Disney on a bet. Well, right. <laughs> some people love it and some people don't. Yeah. But that's what we're looking for when we go on vacation, the three of us, is, is that experience together.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to think about it. Some people, for them, it's their dream to plan the Disney trip. Right. Or their dream to plan whatever trip. And that person is probably not the right fit for somebody like me because sure. they like that. That's what they really want. And then there are some who are kind of in the middle where they feel like, You know, well, I really need a framework. I need somebody to give me the framework of the trip and I'll go do the research of all of the specifics because I like that. And then there are people who don't have the time, don't have the desire, don't have the, the energy for whatever reason, the confidence to plan it at all and don't want that. And for them, they're going to get, you know, an itinerary that's front to back, that's got Maybe even dinner reservations included, just Mm. so that they don't have to think about it at all. And I see a lot of people who are who are still in their work life who are just way too busy to do any of that. That's that kind of person frequently for me, who their time is so valuable. You know, not I mean everybody's time is valuable, but their their time off is so limited that Mm. they want to make the most of it, and they don't want to take any time during their their you know off hours during the week to plan any of it. Sure.
1: A lot of, I think, a lot of the focus on travel for Mm -hmm. retirees is this whole, I'm now retired and then I travel. Yep. What about sustaining that Mm -hmm. through your retirement? So it's like, well, now, you know. I'm 75. I'm right. 82. I'm 87. Yeah. Right? Life doesn't just stop because right. you turn 87. Yep. Right? It is is this whole idea about, well, I want to continue to do things. Yep. I now have limitations though. Yep. We all have limitations and I myself included with yep. that stuff. So I might be anxious about certain things right. or I, I'm very particular about this what advice would you give to somebody that is at certain stages in aging and how, how do they, should they think about travel or should they not travel? What, right. Like, what point would you uh, kind of give them advice to the aging process and, and traveling?
3: Sure. There are lots of pieces of advice that I sure. can give yes. them. this. I'm always team book the ticket, right? Just take the trip when you can, but that's not realistic for everybody. And, and, you know, maybe your resources are limited, maybe your time is limited, who knows. But pick those those top destinations. That's the first thing that I would do is sit down and talk with the people that you want to travel with and figure out what are your travel priorities. And if that's a safari, I mean, plan that out. It's going to be... and, And make sure you can save for it. Maybe it's not the next trip that you take, but you can slowly start putting things away and And start thinking about it for the future and start planning it out. For people who are getting a little bit older who might have mobility issues or even younger people who have mobility issues, there are ways that you can work around it. There are places that are definitely friendlier to get around. We see a lot of people in that kind of genre who would be interested in something like a river cruise Mm -hmm. because it's a floating hotel (laughs) and everything (laughs) is taken care of and they can you know, see a lot of destinations without having to unpack and repack every time they want to See a new place. I'm so just
1: think about our clients a lot um, yeah. Uh, yeah. in that, that situation because if somebody's just had a hip replacement, yep. right, and yep. but, you know, they're six months out and yep. they're feeling better and they can do some things, but you can't go on a tour that averages uh, right. 11.4 miles a day of walking. Right,
3: right. And, after, if, yeah, you know, those people, I think – one of the hardest things that I think people have to come to terms with themselves is knowing their own limitations. Um, and I struggle with this. I'm sure you know most people do. I in my head still think that I can go, I don't know, hike a mountain and come home and feel right. exactly <laughs> like I did before I started hiking. And that's right. not true. Yeah. So know your own limitations. I also highly encourage those people to book travel insurance. I, I encourage everybody to book travel insurance. I myself have travel insurance. Every time I travel, I think it's super important. And I've seen it be very important. So it covers, it's your medical care when you're abroad. It's a huge thing because some countries, it depends on the country, but some countries, there's a huge charge for certain things or it's an upfront charge. You don't want to have to pay for your right. whatever treatment upfront. It's evacuation if you need that. It also covers if a family member gets sick and you can't go. It covers pre-existing conditions if you book within a certain timeframe, which is all really important unfortunately, I have seen this happen a lot with retirees and, or, you know, baby boomers, older travelers in general, it goes up. The cost increases with age because you're a gotcha. riskier yeah. person yeah. Yeah. to travel, but it's still really important. I don't travel without it. I, it's actually in my email signature. I don't know if you noticed that it says yeah. we encourage our clients always to book travel insurance. just makes so
1: much sense, especially with uh, even our own in the U S our medical uh, uh, yep. system to. Dec- to access, to figure out what the rules are, to what's covered, what isn't covered, then you're going to go to Portugal right? and you have to be an expert in, in about one hour, probably Right. if I have a medical issue and I need to get it taken care of, of, well, you know, I need care, but I also don't want to go bankrupt because I need to care. Right. How do I figure this out real fast? And how do I take care of a, a very urgent need? Yep. And make sure I don't go go bankrupt while I'm doing it.
3: Right. Yeah. It's, there are so many things that could go wrong. And you don't, you know, ideally nothing goes wrong. And I've had most of my trips, nothing goes wrong. But even something small and inconvenient, I don't know, you step on something, you, hurt something it might not be trip ruining but it could be you know and you don't want to have to chance that sure so yeah it's i always encourage people to book medical insurance and i think or travel insurance because it covers your medical that's my number one reason and also because it covers the inconveniences of like your bag gets lost your flight's delayed for more than six hours and you miss everything you know it's it you you're covered
1: so carrie i want to uh, go to another point on on travel especially for retirees and in you know family is important to a lot of us right yep. is this idea about well hey i'm now retired and i have ki- my kids who yep. are now professionals and and of course then you generally get into grandkids yep. and this whole idea of hey we're talking about travel and it can be tough for just two yep. people or one person that wants to go do this Yep. What about the concept of I want my kids to go with me and my grandkids, but I'm sure people are having heart palpitations even (laughs) thinking about, you know, a two-year-old, a newborn, a six-year-old, plus my kids, plus me, different rooms, different itinerary. How does – how? Can that even happen? Yes. (laughs) And how would one even go about doing it? Like, how does that whole thing work? The multi-generational part.
3: So I am seeing such a huge increase in multi-generational travel. And I know I'm not the only travel advisor. We talked about it. I have this huge conference every year in August. And it was one of the big themes. There's a whole subsection of travel that's basically labeled family travel. And this year, a lot of the family travel is focused not just on like the immediate family unit, parents, children, but multi-generational, where we're talking about grandparents, parents, and children. So many of those trips. So one of the very first trips that I planned was actually a 60th birthday celebration that was grandparents, parents, and grandchildren. There was one grandchild, mm-hmm. but they they went, again, to Italy. Italy is a hot destination, I told you. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but I know that they have also gone and done, they did Costa Rica as a family. Um There are companies that really focus on that. So Disney Adventures is a huge one. Um, there's a company called Tauk that does a multi-generational trip. Um, There's usually a low-end age age limitation. So that's mostly because they go to more adventurous places and you don't want... Like if you're going to the... I don't know, on a safari, or you're going somewhere where there's wild animals or something, you don't want the kids shouting when they first see it and scaring and putting people in danger. But they do a lot of these... These companies, people are really starting to take notice and, and making it a lot easier because there are people who would prefer to go. I mean, you can, there are lots of different ways to do a multi-generational trip. You can go to a all-inclusive resort that has mm-hmm. a kids club. And maybe that's what you absolutely want. You want to spend some time adults only and the kids get to go do their thing. Maybe you want to go on, you know, a Disney adventures trip or a talk trip or a whatever. Maybe you want to rent a villa in Italy and sit by the pool with your whole family. And it's just a change of scenery and a chance to be together.
1: And from there too, right? It could be that, you know, I'm, I'm just think about my parents. They love to tour, right? Yes. They, they, just, they want to get up at Six. 545 <laughs> and just like grab a quick little breakfast yep. and hit the road at yep. 602. Yep. And be on the road until yeah. eight o'clock and eat for a total of like eight minutes and 24 seconds <laughs> and just binge, right. Yeah. And just see everything, do everything. Yeah. And, you know, uh, my wife and I can look at that and go, uh-uh. wow, that's way too intense <laughs> for me. I can't, I, I need some like two hour, three hour window where we're just kind of relaxing and just yep. taking it easy. This vacation. So vacation is different to everybody, right. And yeah. How they view it. Yeah. So in terms of multi-generational trips, mm-hmm. is that something that happens? Is because yeah. I'm sure that would be a big barrier to actually people even a family deciding to even go on a trip is like, I don't want to vacation with right. you. You right. do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's not my vacation. I don't I can pay yep. money for that experience.
3: Yep, yep. Yeah. No, there's definitely a lot of that. Um you know, it depends on what you want to do and where you want to go, but a lot of those kinds of, of clients I would recommend everybody gets their own room. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) It might not be the most affordable option, but it might be the best one for your sanity. I mean, you never know. Or people can travel at their own pace and and meet each other somewhere. And that's something that a travel advisor can absolutely help you coordinate if it's somewhere that's bigger and scarier. It's easier for people to wrap their heads around something like that when it's stateside. So you don't have to go far to make something like this happen. I had clients in South Carolina and they all just wanted to rent a bunch of beach houses and Mm -hmm and that kind of thing too and you know grandma can get up at 5:30 and walk the beach if that's what she wants to do yeah. and mom can sleep until 8 or whatever you know if she can <laughs> so it's all subjective somebody you know it it really depends on on what the priority is but it is totally possible to make a trip work for many different kinds of people
1: so you you mentioned uh, affordability from the yep. room perspective. Uh, so that I, I think from a theme that you know, just always comes up is is the idea of affordability, right? Is, yep. It's like, well, I'm now spending a lot of money on a trip. Can you talk about your service though? Because. Mm-hmm. I think when we talked, yep. I, I think what was in my mind was like, I probably couldn't afford that. Yep. yep. Um Like that all sounds wonderful and how. Yeah, but not for me. But that's, I'm not sure if we would spend a ton of money to do it. Right. Can you talk about just your pricing mechanisms, how you get paid, how you're compensated for your time and, yep. and customizing these trips?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I actually, this is funny that you asked this. I mean, it's an important question we get asked it all the time. Sure. But I even yesterday I was on an airplane, and the woman next to me said, "Oh, well, you're a travel agent. I can't afford you." Yeah, I think that's. I no, <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. Um, most travel agents. We get paid in a number of different ways. The first would be some people charge a fee. I will charge a fee if it's a really complicated itinerary. My fees are not exorbitant. They, you know, maybe the, the most complicated travel uh, planning fee that I've charged is $250. And that's yeah. the high end, you know, that's a multi week, multi destination, multi everything. A lot of coordination involved. Most trips, if it's really easy, uh, well, if it's easy for me, if I have a very straightforward booking process, there's no fee involved or a low fee, but that's not the book. The, the way that we make our money is actually built into the prices that you would even see as a consumer online. Mm. So you go to Marriott.com or whatever it is, Bonvoy or sure. <laughs> something yeah. now. Um, you go to a, a website, a hotel website, and you see a room price. That price already has my commission built in. So we're not upcharging you. It's already there. You can see it clearly, and and yeah. you
1: even mentioned again we, we talked before it was like even like discount travel websites yes. yeah um, also reflect that uh, commission some of them do some right? of them do yeah. and
3: some of them do not Um there are some of the the discount travel websites I would be cautious you know you can definitely still book a room and you can definitely still get a quality product there sure but you have to know that you're low on the food chain so if sure. something happens and they oversell the hotel or whatever you're the first to get walked. That's what it's called. You physically get walked from one hotel to another because they've run out of rooms and you're at the bottom of the food chain. Or you get put in the room, the loud room by the elevator or the one that's farthest away from anything that you want to see or whatever. they can read that in the the booking, what they see on their end. You Mm -hmm. know, it says these people booked through eh." (laughs) booking.com. Whereas these people booked through a travel advisor. Oh, and by the way, the travel advisor has already reached out to me to say, You know, Ben's arriving at 9 o'clock p.m., his flight is late, and they might keep the hotel restaurant open for you. That's happened to two of my clients, actually. Nice. You know, I reach out, I let them know what your anticipated arrival time is, what your preferences are. So you show up and you maybe you're, I don't know, allergic to something, down pillows. All the down pillows will be gone if they can, you know. Right. They try and, and make it tailored to you, and they take really good care of you, so...
1: Great. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's yeah. good
3: to know. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not more expensive. Now, I will also caveat this by saying if price is your number one priority, I think we're probably a bad fit. I am never going to try and sell you something that's, you know, not a fit for you. I don't know. If you think that your number one priority is budget, then I don't think that I can provide the best trip for right. you. You know, right. I, I, my right. focus is more of making your trip absolutely the best that it can be. At, within your comfort zone of right. price, but if it's just not worth it for me to to go through and make sure that I don't know because at dime. some point you're
1: you're getting value for the money you're spending, right? Yes, so if yes. you keep stripping out value, then where then you know you, what are you really experiencing, and that right. maybe is not a not the experience you're trying to give your your clients ultimately, right? Exactly. Yeah.
3: Exactly. It's it's hard to articulate so i think that you did it well yeah, yeah. Uh, so in terms of so
1: i guess then to go to say that segment right yeah. is say somebody is very budget conscious mm-hmm. and they're thinking about affordability and they're thinking about just trying to experience things and i don't know if it's a main thing too or maybe it's just still there's a generation that's this echo of the great depression
3: yep
1: right is this yep. frugal with every penny yep right and which is obviously how wealth can be created right is is yeah. just Kind of, I didn't make a whole lot or I, I was very modest with how we did in our life, but because of how frugal we are, we have this level of wealth. Right. So we, we experience that a lot with, with our conversations with our clients. But if somebody is trying to be affordable, maybe it's not through you. Yeah. But how would they maybe? start trying to accomplish something like that that type of vacation. Like yeah. how how would maybe if they're doing it on their own or they're gonna be very affordable, yeah. they're not maybe using a travel advisor. Yeah. What resources would you tell them that they should consider or think about?
3: I mean, I think that it's such a it's a it's a big process from top to bottom to try and figure out all of the pieces. It's like a Tetris game. It's sure. part of what I like about it. <laughs> um you figure out where you want to go and what your budget is, what you can afford. And maybe if someplace is some, if it's somewhere that you have always wanted to go, say it's England, you want to go to London, always wanted to go to London, maybe you go not during high season. That helps your dollar stretch a little farther. Maybe you stay a little bit further out. That also helps your dollar stretch a little farther, but you also have to take, you know, into consideration that there's transportation costs right. associated with that or whatever. Sure. There are maybe you, are frugal when it comes to breakfast. There are a lot of places around the world where breakfast isn't a thing, you know, and you, Mm -hmm. you live like a local and you eat your croissant and espresso for cappuccino or whatever it is for breakfast and, and not have three ginormous meals a day or whatever, which is tends to be my preference (laughs) for traveling. But also like if you're booking with a travel advisor, a lot of times my trips that I provide for clients automatically include breakfast. So you've got one meal, off the table, mm-hmm. and you can you know use that as your your big meal of the day if you want to, and make your dollars stretch energy
1: further. up and start. That's it. Get yeah. into the day. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah,
3: or maybe not. I don't know. Um Group trips tend to be a little bit more affordable too. Not always, but you know, instead of you planning out every detail, you've already got the cost put together. You know what you're paying up front. And they've negotiated a group rate because they're filling a hotel or a bus or a whatever. They've already got the transportation built in. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing might be an easier way to see more places and and make your dollar go a little farther. Okay. Yeah.
1: So one final question for you today. So obviously we've talked a little bit in this podcast today about the last 20 years and how travel is just how you travel, where you travel, um, how you book things, how you experience it is completely changed in 20 years. Yep you, so you've been to a lot of conferences uh, lately, right? And kind of experiencing (laughs) where things are going and where it's at. What would you say would be the next 20 years? Like what would be the themes that you think are going to continue to change? Where do you think things go again, especially where people like either pre-retirement or in retirement, they're thinking like 65 today, or they're thinking 70 and they then think 20 years out or 15 years out. Yeah. What should they be thinking about and prioritizing? And where do you think things go in the travel industry?
3: There are a lot of ways that I could take this answer. I think the travel industry generally is moving towards people looking for a unique, they're looking for, you know, new and not crowded. There's a lot, over tourism is the buzzword in the industry of late. And I think, you know, you've seen it. Mm. I've seen it (laughs) a lot where you see cruise ships crashing into the docks in Venice and people feeling like, "Uh uh-oh. Or we see it in Maine where people will talk about it, oh gosh, it's, we're... You know, overrun with tourists in yeah. a certain area. Or Portland,
1: whatever. every, yeah. you talk to anybody in Portland and it's just. Yeah,
3: people have got a lot of thoughts they, about it. <laughs> they have a lot
1: of beef. It's great, but you know, it's, you can't yeah. move, you can't drive, you can't, and Bar right. Harbor is similar. Yep. You're, you're seeing all these pockets of areas where it's just, yep. man, it's just t- tough to move. Yeah. And, you know, I think from a local perspective, you go, well, that's, that, obviously go off season, or right. go up, you know, right. it's just. I, I can't stand it honestly yeah, yeah
3: yeah no it's it's really interesting so i think that we're going to see a lot of of movement in that area with people paying attention to it maybe going to places that are a little bit more off the beaten path but also hopefully we're seeing destinations understand that they have to do a little bit to of thinking up front before you get to that point to make sure mm-hmm. that you know tourists aren't all going to the same three stores in bar harbor or the same whatever like mm-hmm. can we get them somewhere else and make sure that there's infrastructure that benefits the locals and the tourists and whatever. So I think we're seeing that. I think we're seeing a lot of people traveling a lot more frequently. People, you know, it's, we hear so much of people saying, I want to spend my money on experiences, not things. Sure. Um, which I know can probably is very frustrating for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, you know, I think our experiences, we want them to maximize their best life, right? Sure, sure. So if they, if they identify their best life as the experience, right. Well, better than that, than buying the, you know, the BMW or buying the dream car or upsizing their house or buying the camp. It's like, uh, you know, hey, we're not here to judge people's happiness. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Let's help you find that happiness and then do make your dollar stretch as much as we can to do all of it. Right.
3: Right. Right. It's, I think maybe it's more, um, what I mean is that it's harder because it's, it's not a fixed cost. It's something that Mm. can expand or, you
1: know, whatever. Ask a lot of realtors. Um, Yeah. yeah, The real estate thing can very expand. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we're seeing a lot of people take a lot more trips generally, but I hope that that means that specifically for retirees or people close to retirement, they're planning for it in the future. And I know that there's some software that's being developed already that helps people plan for those trips. So they take part of what I'm doing and put it into an app or whatever so that you can plug in, okay, my top three lifetime bucket list destinations are, here's what the cost is right now if I put in all of these things that I am sure that I want to do. And you know we're a long way, I think, from that being a everybody can use that kind of thing. From the
1: financial planning side, we would love that, right? right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> like, here's your travel. There you have identified it. It's yep. now here's how it fits in the plan. Oh, man, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, I've been
3: that. talking about maybe beta testing that particular software. So yes. if I do, I will absolutely you have let to you keep know. Keep us in the loop. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah. It's called Wanderlist. So it's which is I think a very cool name, also. As, that is, as nice. an aside, but you know, regardless, I think people actually sitting down and thinking through their wanderlist, whether it's through a very professional setting, an app, a me, you know, something like that, or just a conversation where you can say, okay, well, what can I afford and where do I want to go? So that doesn't, you know, you don't get to the point where you can't travel because it's important. You're making memories, you're spending time together, you're doing, you're seeing things. I mean, I'm biased. I think it's very important, sure. <laughs> but I think most people would say, you know, this is my priority spending time with people and exploring and, you know, whatever. And I wish that I'd done more of it. So yeah, I hope that we're seeing a trend towards really planning it out. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Well, Carrie, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. This is a really fun conversation. Really clearly you have a, a passion for travel. Um, so it's always fun to talk to somebody that is just gets it. They're excited about it. Yeah. That's what gets them motivated for the day. So thank you for being on. We really appreciate your time. Thank
3: you for having me. Yeah. This is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So we're, we're going to try to, uh, obviously keep going here. So as there's more themes, we'd love to have you come back. Sure. And, um uh, invite you on a future episode.
3: Yeah. I would love that. Thank awesome. you very much. Thank you so Thanks much.
1: so much. So Curtis is, uh, really a treat to have Carrie on the podcast today. It was a uh, kind of a fun time kind of hearing a lot about. Her, right, is kind of her passion for travel and how she got into it. And also is, I, I know for, for people that are from away, coming to Maine, getting into, uh, the culture and understanding how maybe manners as a group are, 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 are a little bit different, right? So I, I, I think what I personally took away from that, I had a, a lot of, uh, amusement about the idea of, the travel advice industry changing yeah. and it seemed like there's a lot of parallel to how we as uh, financial advisors and investment consultants have changed that it's really gone from this transactional type approach mm. to more advice driven and and putting that uh putting that client or that person at the center of what you're trying to solve for them and Helping prioritize and organize, and getting them confident, and it's a lot of the soft stuff that you just don't think about, right? There,
2: there is a lot more to it, I think, and you're, you're spot on. It's certainly going hand in hand, or at least parallel, with you know where we think our industry is going. So it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, kind of fun to hear that, you know,
1: you're, you're so myopic, right? As you, you just kind of get very internally focused on, on yourself and your industry and where you are to have her on. And and I know just for us personally, kind of a cool little uh, takeaway there. Uh, from the retirement success side, what takeaways did you have from, from us talking to Carrie today, Curtis?
2: I thought it was really interesting how she touched on, you know, there's kind of two levels that she's kind of, or two trends that she's seeing with retirees and travel. It's, you know, you see these individuals who, and I think she worded it as people, people who traveled throughout their working life and kind of checked off the, the bucket list trips are now in retirement and they're doing the trips that, you know, the, the next level, if you will, of they're doing, I think she mentioned Southeast Asia. You know, in going these places that you may not traditionally think of, whereas someone who maybe doesn't travel a lot while they're working or, or going through their career may get to retirement and be, you know, the, the, I think she referred to them as the bucket list trips, the go see the Coliseum, go see the Eiffel Tower, you know, uh, so I thought that was really cool that, you know, she is seeing those trends and, and she was able to, to relay them to us.
1: Yeah. And it, what was a pretty, cool thing too from the success side like we have a lot of conversations with our clients right about goal actualization and and attaining things that they've always wanted to do and aligning money to it so i you know i you start thinking about when when she start talking about organizing right and and putting um a trip in place for somebody is you start thinking about yourself and like well hey i go to this trip and i i think i'm gonna be okay when i go to the coliseum but then you're like well look i don't speak the language I don't know the culture here yeah. and you know, what if I eat at the wrong place? And what if I if I'm traveling in the wrong side of town and I don't really know all that? I don't have that local insider. And you can build up to a trip and have it not work well. So you you can even then progress that into retirement of you're eighty-five years old and now you have mobility issues mm-hmm. or you have food sensitivities. And I how do I express to my waiter or waitress that I have a food sensitivity? So all those things is like, well, your needs are gonna change over time and having an advocate at your back and call that, hey, I'm in the middle of the trip and you know, I'm I'm kind of concerned about this. How do I go about resolving this? Someone that's gonna advocate for you, use the um, reservation systems that they've worked with you on to make sure you're having a successful trip for the money you're paying. Because I think that's a lot of the concern is I'm paying a lot for something. And if I'm only enjoying fifty percent of it or sixty percent of it, it just feels like forty percent of it might be a waste. So yeah, I felt I, I that was a really kind of a neat take on on where we're trying to go with uh, retirement success.
2: Yeah, and and to your point there of of spending a lot of money on something, kind of the counter, I was shocked at her her pricing. You know, I I think for the amount of work that that she relates us that she does for these people on trips, it's you know, I was expecting kind of a lot more of a, you know, she called the the travel fee that she she charges up front, and then, you know, naturally the rest of of her compensation is is uh, worked out in in the booking process itself. You know, her right. you don't see her rates directly when you know when you book your hotel, you book your flight. I was really shocked at that at her low prices. Though. Yeah,
1: so kind of a kind of neat little again insight in the industry. Here's maybe a resource that people don't think about and use. Or maybe they, they should consider using a little bit more yeah. as they're, as they're kind of putting together those very important trips, those, those things they, you know, she used the example of the, the couple with the 40th anniversary that didn't go until year 42. that's yeah, crazy. Right. Is I think we all get into that, that mm-hmm. anxiety stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, thought that was a really kind of a fun conversation to have today. And I uh, really appreciate Carrie, uh, being on the, on the podcast. Yeah. So with that, uh, wanted to wrap up this episode today. What you'll find if you if you actually look at our website, we're going to have uh, this listed as podcast number three. So, going to blog.guidancepointllc.com/backslash three, you can find a little bit more about Carrie about uh, about her business. You can find some of the resources that we talked about there. Um, so, if you need if you want more information, go to that website. Happy to have you there. Uh, but until next time, looking forward to talking to you again. Sounds good. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you've just listened to an information-filled episode of the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. While this show is about finding more ways to improve your retirement happiness, Guidance Point Advisors' mission is to help our clients create a fulfilling retirement. We do financial planning so that people can enjoy retirement and align their monetary resources to their goals. If you're wondering about your own personal success, we invite you to reach out to us to schedule a 45-minute listening session